For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Alright guys, I got Kyle Herrick with me today, and today we're going to be talking about the linebacker position, both outside and inside, and Kyle was actually the one that brought up this conversation wanted to go over these, so I'm going to let him kind of navigate the topics today, so why don't you start us off? Well, you know, it's it all has really been coming down to our play on defense, and I know we've had some struggles all around, and the most consistent thing that I can see um, is that our linebacking core all around really hasn't lived up to the potential and, or that they just are really getting targeted. I would like to say that we're still just as good as we have been in the last few years. um, Cause that really was a strong suit for us uh, for the past couple of years was our linebacking core. Um, The first question really I have that I want to discuss is do we need to start looking for another top end outside linebacker, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through free agency, um, because, you know, Houston, it it looks like he's maybe lost a step with that injury. Um, you know, we, and he hasn't really been showing that, you know, elusive move. He hasn't been doing the spin move. He hasn't been doing the quick shake. He's just pretty much been bull rushing all year. And it's, it has been a strong suit of him and he's very strong. Uh, But the other thing I've noticed is that his coverage has definitely lost a step. He can't really stick with the linebackers out of the backfield anymore. And, you know, that eventually happens to a lot of linebackers because, I mean, let's be honest, running backs, especially now, are pretty young in the league. You don't really have too many top-end running backs that are old, and they've all got speed. They have all can get around the edge. They can all go straight down the field. I mean, look at our running back, for one. He's not supposed to be a burner, but I bet he could run past Houston. And then on the other side with Ford, which we all thought was going to be, you know, a shining spot this year of having him and Houston 100% healthy, ready to go. But Ford, for some reason, just can't seem to stay healthy. And, you know, you and I have, have talked about this and the fact that he just looks like he's not improving. Yeah, I I think that it is definitely time to address that position, especially since we all know that Tom Bahali is going to be gone after this year. And that's why it's real nerve wracking to have this such a confusing process where nobody knows what's going on with Tom Bahali because we've not really even heard what the injury is that kept him out. Honestly, in my belief, I think that they're just keeping him uh, away for the offs or for the later part of the year and into the playoffs, keep him healthy. But still at this point, I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, so either way, we're, we're definitely going to have to address that position, and whether that's a backup or a starter. But I definitely think that it's time to look for a new starter. And, um, you know, it, I'm, I've never been shy about admitting I am not a D Ford fan. Um, I think that he 
has not shown enough development from year to year when sitting behind two very good linebackers. And we have not especially seen um, – we haven't seen any hand fighting from him, really. It's really just a kind of bull rush move, like you said, that uh, Houston's been doing. Um, and he's been sitting behind Tom Bahali for, what, this is his fourth year? He, Tom yeah. Bahali is one of the best hand fighters ever. You're telling me you can't learn something from that. We haven't really seen him improve against the run. He's still a major issue against the run. So I definitely think that it is time. I think that, um, you know, whether we go for in the draft, as of right now, we don't have a first-round pick. We have a second-round pick, and it'll probably be a higher one. So depending on what happens in the offseason, whether, you know, we'll get rid of Tom Bahali, that'll free up some space. And then a lot depends on if Alex Smith is still here. Because if Alex Smith is gone, that leaves you a lot of money to go out and find some to- a couple top-end players, whether that be outside linebacker or somewhere else. Right. And and I understand when if people hear this and they want to talk about the D-line. And, yes, our D-line has not been consistent. But the thing is, is the people that have been on the field the most have been all of our linebackers. Um, especially our outside linebackers, and that falls heavily on them whenever we talk about run. Um, you have to be able to set the edge. You have to be able to track it down when it goes the other way. You have to be able to squeeze. You have to be able to do all these things to help the couple D linemen that you have and also your inside linebackers because if you're leaving giant gaps for someone to run through, the linebacker has to sit there and watch two gaps, and of course they're going to be tackling them five or six yards down the line because they're going to have a head start at them. If the linebacker is able to watch it and come inside because they have been able to squeeze it or stuff a double team that's been pulling, that is just been missing this year, and it's something that can really help your defense. That's something that Ali was un- unbelievable at. I mean, he, he would be just knocking offensive linemen out of their tracks if they tried to pull his way and it's something that Houston used to do you know I don't know if Houston with that calf injury is really just kind of shy about maybe trying some moves right now um maybe he still doesn't feel 100% on his knee I don't know um you know the organization is really tight about those kinds of things and that's understandable but with Ford you know, I, I think he's a good, you know, second, you know, outside linebacker. I think we need a top one back, though, because if we have Houston, who at times can be the great and is a really good DN slash outside linebacker, why not try and find that other top end one that you can stick on the other side and then have D4 be that change of pace? Because right now it's just looking like he's, you know, a third, possibly just kind of your good second. Um, and the thing is, is we just don't have another outside linebacker that's really on either of Houston, Ford, or Ollie's level. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Zombo. I've never had a problem with Zombo. Um, but he lacks in the pass rush. And that in our defense, that is something that you have to be able to do. Because at times, you're the only one that's coming besides three down linemen, and that means you're the guy that has to get there. And 
you know, it's just been a real struggle this year to watch our outside linebackers not be the strong suit of our defense. Yeah, I think I've noticed the last couple games that a lot of teams are basically forcing uh, Justin Houston to address the run first. They're running a lot of play action, and so he goes into, uh, you know, like a run defense first, and then once they pull out to go pass, then he, he pretty much has to bull rush. You know, there, at that point, there's no time to get the – you know, let or right tackle out of position and go around him. You have to bullish in that point. And with when it comes to D Ford in our defense, and this this goes for passing and rush and run, you know, run defense. But when we're running so many two down linemen sets, we're asking our defensive ends to be nose tackles. We're asking our outside linebackers to be basically defensive ends. D Ford is not big enough or strong enough to play like a defensive end. Justin Houston can get away with it. D- Tom Bali can get away with it exactly. because he's got ridiculously long arms. I mean, that's always been his positive, and that's why he's always been so good rushing off the left side because you have to go against the biggest and baddest on that line, which is your left tackle. And – him, I just don't think Ford, like you said, is big enough or strong enough or doesn't have the length to really do the same moves that Tom Ball Lee can. And that's not his fault. I really think he should be on the same on the side that all that Houston is, but we can't have two people on that side. I mean, well, I don't I don't have, want D Ford and Marcus Peters on the same side because with D Ford's problem against the run and then you got Marcus Peters just Standing Not there watching the, the play develop, you know, that that's just a nightmare waiting to happen. Um, you know, and it's interesting because he – just a quick tangent on that one with Peters. He will come up and hit uh, the so-called speed and elusive backs. It's whenever you have the power back is whenever he's really afraid because the – the one, the couple times that I saw him not try and tackle was against C.J. Anderson, which is known as their power back. He's got decent speed, but he will run you over. And I don't think, you know, Peters likes the contact or something like that. But, I mean, it's it's kind of a ongoing joke or whatever you want to call it for the NFL or all football that corners don't like to be physical. And there are a few that are really physical, you know, Sherman and Norman are two that really stick out, but I, I would agree that it, it would be a bad thing to see them on the same side. But the thing is, is that Ford and Houston are almost the same kind of outside linebacker. Yeah, Ford just can't get away with playing the half defensive end part. He's just not big enough, not strong enough. And I, I think that D Ford could uh, really succeed for a team that has at least three down linemen. I think that if you have three down linemen and then D Ford rushing, I think he could definitely, you know, wreak some havoc. But if if we're going to keep running the two down linemen, it's, it's going to be a problem. And, I mean, it's a problem for both, you know, against the run and the pass. But um, – yeah, I, I definitely think that it's time to bring another person in. You know, I know 
Everybody's really pumped up about Passanio. Very raw, not ready. We saw a little bit from him. Uh, I think he had about 10 plays against the Broncos in garbage time. But that was when we knew it was going to be passing plays. And I'm not... And And my huge thing about that is his feet aren't fast enough. He's not fast enough to get around the edge. He's not... If it was a 4-3, I'd love to stick him on the outside. Exactly. I think he could wreak havoc that way, but we don't run a 4-3. We run a 3-4, and he's not fast enough to cover. He's not fast enough to get towards the edge. He's big enough to, to really make some havoc and probably play the side of Ford, but he's just not. His feet aren't there. His feet aren't quick enough. and He's still too raw. Right. A lot of people want to see the new shiny toy, and they don't realize how raw he came in. And he's not going to be ready at this point. And now you got D. Ford probably going to be out against the Cowboys. And I know that they won't have Ezekiel Elliott, but I still think, especially with that line, McFadden can definitely burn the Chiefs. I don't think it'll be, you know, 170 yards, like or, you know, 196 like Le'Veon Bell, but I definitely think that he can have a good day against this Chiefs defense, and that's something that really bothers me. And, um, you know, maybe without D. Ford in there, having Frank Zombo in there, who's better against the run, maybe that'll help a little bit. But until we figure something out with, you know, how we're playing our defensive line and then how – Who's going to be a decent inside linebacker? It's it's going to be a consistent problem. Right, and and segueing into my next question, you know, it was something that I stated whenever we saw Ford play a couple times is that I thought we should have switched him to inside linebacker. I thought he would have been a really good inside linebacker because he's big enough to take on a block and fast enough to get through the gap and fast enough to cover that I thought he would make a great choice. But getting to the second question, you know, it's – if this is DJ's last year, which it very well might be, I mean, he's getting up there in age. I think if by some miracle we do win the Super Bowl, um, I think he would go out on a high note and we could do nothing but say thank you. But my question is, if he goes – and Raglan is supposed to be maybe his replacement. Either way, we have a linebacker spot that we don't know who's going to fill it. And, you know, I've looked at the depth chart a few times, and behind DJ right now we have the undrafted free agent uh, second-year player out of Florida State. Um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but – you know, it's just there's a lot of question marks not only at the outside linebacker but at the inside. You know, because I've seen Raglan making calls, I've seen DJ making calls, and you know, what is Raglan's job right now? Is he are they testing him for DJ's job? Are they tr- making sure that he can play that other spot? And that's what doesn't <laughs> Which make is, sense to me because. Right. All, all the last couple of years, we have been looking for a thumper like Raglan's play, like what he played at Alabama. And 
to be testing him for DJ's spot or, you know, saying that you want him to replace DJ, okay, then I, I, I don't get that because Raglan's the guy that's supposed to be able to pound through the line, take on the tackles so that players like DJ can get through there easier and make the tackle. The, DJ's play style does not fit Raglan's. They're two completely opposite, and it doesn't make sense to me that you finally have a thumper to basically have him waiting. This this is a guy that should be attacking the second the ball is snapped. This is a guy that is instinct is to blow through the line or just slam through the line, and you're having him wait for the running back like he's DJ. That does not make sense to me, and... um. You know, with DJ has had a really rough year. We're seeing him hit the wrong holes. We're seeing him hit the right hole too late. Uh, we're seeing offensive linemen get to him because he hesitates. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's Bob Sutton telling them to wait. I don't know if you know because it's not injury for DJ. So it's it it would be a mental thing if it's not someone telling him to play this style. But it's not working and. Honestly, at this point, if you're going to have – if it's not Bob Sutton telling both of them to wait for the running back to choose his path and instead of attacking, then I want Rameek Wilson back in there because we saw him attacking the holes very fast, not hesitating at all like he did last year. And he is the only one this year I have seen consistently get through the line. Yeah, and he's like sixth on the depth chart right now, which makes no sense to me. Well, a lot he of that's he doesn't up, play special teams. And that's, you know, and I never, I never understood why we had Raglan coming in anyway. Um, I did. It whenever you don't play the right position, and I get that, and I get that. But the thing is, is you wanted someone in there that's going to do the job, and he was doing the job. Like he was making those plays. He was plugging holes. He was, he had bulked up. He was make, you could tell that he had done his off season studying. You could tell where he had needed the improvements and he made them. I don't get it. I don't get why we're doing this trial and error thing sometimes whenever we have players that were confident coming in and we're making plays at the beginning of the season, especially in preseason with the first teams. I mean, it's just, if we're going to do it, do it in the off season where you're really making a, com- a competitive moment where you sit there and tell them your job's on the line. Don't do it whenever you've been playing them the whole preseason. And especially because I think Rameek Wilson has the intelligence. I thought he had the intelligence last year, you know, to, to come in and play DJ spot, which is hard. You have to be well, able to read thing. He is more built and more like his play style is DJ's spot. And when he came in, um, you know, usually he was playing next to DJ. So he was playing what's supposed to be that thumper style linebacker when that's not, that's more Raglan. So I, what I don't, I'm not ready to admit this, but I'm starting to wonder if you know, how much DJ has left because there's a lot of plays that I have watched, especially over the last few weeks where he's been a liability. 
And at this point, I'm wondering what it would look like if you had Raglan and Wilson in there. Right. And I, and I understand that. I think the thing is, is that we've already lost one heart and soul of our defense and you can't really afford to lose the other. Um, but we got to have some kind of aggressiveness. And I mean, and that's I, one thing it lacks. And I think that has to do with play calling too, because the thing is, is we keep trying to run the same defense that we did when we had Eric Berry with pulling that safety down and putting him in the box. We don't have a safety that can do that right now. Sorensen's not even half of what Barry You don't have one big enough. Mm -hmm. Sorensen is aggressive enough. Don't get me wrong. He's just not big enough. He's not physical enough. He's not able to do it. And that's okay. The dude is awesome when it comes to covering. And that's wonderful. Play him in Murray's spot then. Keep the second linebacker in there. Bring in, you know, Pierre Lewis if you're feeling that kind of, you know, way about it let dj be the thumper then let him be aggressive like he's always been you know that he he used to be the thumper he used to be the guy that would shoot the gaps and he would be the guy that would smack on an offensive lineman have pierre lewis or you know i haven't seen much of terrence smith which is the other linebacker i was forgetting but why not give him a shot let him see what he can do i know both of them have decent speed. I mean, yeah, that's that one reason we got Kevin Pierre-Lewis is because he has really good speed. And DJ may not have the steps he used to have, and that's fine. If you have two Achilles injuries, you're probably going to lose a step. Right. Let, well, and they're not even running enough snaps with two inside linebackers for someone to really get the job down. Um, you know, Raglan only had 20 snaps. And... You know, like you said about um, Sutton still playing the same defense as when Barry was here, he's still playing a lot of three safety sets. And when it was great when Barry was in here, having Barry, Parker, and Sorensen all on the field, it allowed them to all play their their best strength. And instead, you're trying to turn Sorensen into Barry, who should not be down there. You should have a middle linebacker down there. Or you need to put another defensive lineman down there. But there's no reason to have really three safeties at this point. I, right. I, it, I, it, here and there, maybe. But well, I, I just don't thing get it. Is, if you're doing it for coverage, you're doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to do it that way, I say since we got Steve Nelson back, who did a, a pretty damn good job, as the nickelback again. And I say, don't pull another safety. Either pull Philip Gaines, Terrence Mitchell, pull another corner if you want to do that. And keep your linebacker in. Mm -hmm. Don't pull another safety. Pull, keep Ron Parker out there to play center field. You replace the safety that you just pulled off with a corner that can really cover if that's what your problem is. And keep the two linebackers because I've noticed over and over and over again the time that we end up giving big runs or we keep getting gashed is when we have that safety in the box. And like we said, whenever it was Eric Berry, who is extremely physical, that's awesome because he's an athlete that you just don't see very often. You don't have safeties that can do that all the time. When they never bring down a safety – 
into the box unless they have that two down lineman. And when they have the two down lineman, Logan's not in there. Benny Logan is the only lineman that's been consistent all year. And he had 53% of the snaps against Denver who was running all over us. I think they averaged like 5.7 yards per carry. He needs to be in there around 60 to 70% of the time. Exactly. He needs to be in there because he takes up two blocks, period. It and he can actually command a double team it. and actually, you know, still get off oh. the double team. Bailey yeah. and Jones have not done well against double teams this year. And I feel like that's something that, that Jones is going to learn. You know, that's something that he didn't get too much last year. Um, slightly, I think, because we were running a little bit de- better defense and a little bit different defense. But he didn't see too many double teams last year. And now that they know what he can do, oh, they definitely double team him real quick. And I do not like the two down line and setup. I hate it. Yeah, I, I think hate it. I if, hate it. I hate it. If you ask me, the the Chiefs defense run man probably more than anybody else. So if you're in man coverage, okay, the offense comes out with three wide receivers and a tight end. Okay, so run a three-three-five. Leave your you still have two safeties. You got your three corners for their three receivers, and I want it to be Peters, Nelson, and Mitchell. I do not want to see Acker on the field. I think the Broncos failed to attack that more. But when they did attack it, Acker was getting beat. And I want to see you need either a linebacker like DJ to cover that tight end, or you can have Sorensen do it and keep Parker up high. But that still leaves you three down linemen, and then you have D Ford and Houston on the outside. See, and and I would agree with you, except I'd run a a, a three four four, and you know, like I said, I like having that safety over the top. Um, I don't think a tight end. There's not too many tight ends that are really just going to blow you away. Um, if you need to pull, you know, a safety back in or another corner to cover a tight end or whatever, I would say. I'd almost get rid of a forward, put in a safety, and then shift the line kind of over to where we really are looking like we're running a four-two-five. Um, well, right, and that's why I like the three-three-five because that still that still leaves you with three corners to take on their three receivers. So then you can bring Sorensen down to play the tight end, or unless you want DJ to cover him, whichever. Uh, but it still leaves you Parker up high. Right. But it still makes it to where no matter run or pass, you have three down linemen plus Justin Houston and D Ford. Well, and you've got seven in the box. Mm-hmm. And that's or that's at least you never six. See. Or at least six. You get six in the box, and that at least discourages them. And not just six. Six people that will take on blocks and be able to take down a running back by themselves because Sorensen can't really do either. Exactly. Basically, you're replacing Sorensen in the box with a defensive lineman, a defensive lineman who has the weight to take on an offensive lineman. Sorensen does not. He does not have that weight or strength. And I know we're getting down to the how Bob Sutton's playing the defense, but really I still think the question is, is, 
who's going to be our linebackers? You know, it's all around our linebacking core has not been as good as they've been in the past, and I feel like that's been a real downside for us. Um, you know, just not having two consistent linebackers. Yeah, I think I think that Houston, you know, last year it was the it was the same injury. It's not like he had a new one. And this year, like like I said earlier on, I think that they're running a lot more play action to get in get him in that run defense mode before the pass. Um, but also against Denver, I did notice him uh, trying to you, you know be more elusive instead of just powering his way to uh, Trevor Simeon. I saw him actually trying to bend around. I saw him spin a couple times. So, you know, I don't know if he was uh, still hurting. I don't know if it's what he's being told to do. Because uh, Bob Sutton came out in an interview talking about, you know, the bull rush, not many trick plays, uh, not many schemes, or uh, a very vanilla defensive line, um, you know, last week. And... When when we played the Raiders, it was Derek Carr gets the ball out faster than any other quarterback. So what he was explaining was the straight line is your best option. It's the fastest way to the quarterback, and that's what he was running. But we're, we were still seeing that in other games as well. And yeah. with a guy like Trevor Simeon, you need to be able to, you know, you know, pull your defensive end around your nose tackle and, you know, just doing trick plays. And – you know, that that was one thing that he explained, so that's why I don't know if that's what Houston's been told to do, but I know that they've been running a lot of play action to get him into that run defense mode, which forces him to do the bull rush instead of trying to be a little more elusive. And I think this week, I think we might see a little more different schemes. I hope we blitz a little bit more, which I've been saying all year, but... Um... I think you'll have a little bit more time because Dak Prescott likes to hold it a little bit longer. Um, I don't think we'll see Tom Ball Lee play this week. I think because we have until the 23rd to really put him on the active roster, which is after our bye week, which is I think they just want to see where he's at um, after giving him all this rest, practicing him some, getting him in game shape again, um, but yet giving a bunch of rest still during the – the bye week. So my question right now is, can we make it work until we can get him to play? That way we can start doing some different stuff. And really, like I said, and I wanted to do a few years ago, can we start playing forward maybe towards a little towards the middle linebacker spot and maybe putting Ollie on the outside? Because I think that would be just ridiculous to have that type of athlete in the middle when you want to blitz. Just try and watch a guard handle D Ford is something that's kind of awesome. Well, they did so that a fast. little bit. Um, was that, was that week one thing. or two where they uh, put, I think it was Benny Logan outside of D Ford to get D Ford on the guard. Yeah, it was, it was, a Patriots game, and it yeah. worked. Yeah, he blew I mean, he right tore past them. them up. <laughs> and yeah, that's the, I, they can't the, the the guard position cannot handle that kind of speed as well as a tackle. And I think that 
you know, we've we've seen in the past where Houston, Holly, and Ford are on the field, and you'll have two of them on one side, and usually it's like a third and long situation, and I I I pretty much stand up for those plays. I get so giddy about them, um, but yeah, with D Ford, the back problems is now a major concern because now you know it's the same injury, so. You know, today, earlier today when I was checking on it, they said they were running more tests, which is not a good indicator. And yeah. well, you, know, you got it can and it can't be because it could be that they thought maybe it was a slip disc and they didn't see a slip disc. So more tests can mean good, more tests can mean bad. It could be a nerve thing. They don't. They just really aren't sure quite yet. I'm hoping it's on the good side because we can't really afford to lose too many more of our starters. Well, right, and but my concern is you got a guy that's coming up on the last year of his rookie deal. They probably will give him the fifth-year option for next year, but if if these back issues become a bigger problem, you're going to be looking at a Dontari Post situation. Right. And so that's why I say hell yes to we need to go get another linebacker, and that's – Honestly, with D Ford getting getting healthy or not, I th- I think either way we need to go out and either find one in free agency if we have the money, depending on if Smith is here next year, and with Holly gone, that's a lot of money we can free up. So free agency or draft, I think we definitely need to go and be aggressive to get one. Yeah, and I and I'd have to say even. If Alex Smith wins the Super Bowl and gets the MVP, he's probably not going to be here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could see them getting rid of Alex Smith if he did uh, win the Super Bowl. But I just you know, I'm, I can't I'm still in that see us I just can't see paying. It. I can't see us paying that amount of money. We're not. I mean, we've never really been that type of team. I can't see to you cutting the quarterback after he wins you a Super Bowl. <laughs> I and I get that too, but you also didn't spend those draft picks for no reason i mean oh, that's no. just and, how it goes and that and that will be a factor in it where mahomes at is at at that point but um you know i i i still do not believe that alex smith will be the guy to bring the chiefs to super bowl not trying to be negative but i mean we've seen the in- inconsistency this year we saw it against the broncos you know a lot of people like to blame the fact that denver's has this great defense but Denver's defense wasn't forcing him to throw bad throws. He was off target, overthrowing, underthrowing, just bad throws. And the funniest thing to me is, you know, you get people that every time Alex Smith has a game like this, the first thing they say is he was running for his life the whole game. Okay, I'm sorry, but yes, he had some pressure, but... Did you see Von Miller's name getting thrown out quite a bit? No. No, no we we handled actually him quite well. Very well. Which we have which we have the last couple of years. My my thing with the way that Smith is playing right now, I think it's he started to get some confidence in Conley and then Conley got hurt and I wonder if he's kind of going, "Well, crap. Now I guess I'm just back to you know, Travis Kelsey again, and finally he showed up because he's been very inconsistent. I think offensively, even, you know, Hill's getting covered 
and blanketed, which is obvious. I mean, they're stacking a safety over the top. They're putting someone in the middle to make sure that he's not doing an inside route, and they're saying corner, basically you just have the outside. They are making sure, trying to make sure that Hill is not the one beating them. And it's just hard right now when you spent an entire offseason practicing with Conley as what he did and gaining that confidence in him, especially after seeing what he could do in that playoff game last year and really starting to lean on him to some big pass plays and making some big catches that kept drives going. I just don't think he has that confidence in Robinson right now. And with Wilson being inconsistent with I'm starting a game and then I'm not in by the end of the game because I have some kind of little injury. It's that same hamstring. I just, yeah, I just feel like he's very shaky with our receiving core right now besides Hill. But like I said, Hill's the one that's getting just blanketed. And... Well, and I've seen I've seen Kelsey get bracketed quite often too, but I've also seen a lot of games where Kelsey is not a center point of the game plan. And right. I'm sorry, but Travis Kelsey should be the center point of your game plan every week. You know, I I love Tyreek Hill, um, but Travis Kelsey is your consistent guy. He is your number one. And if you're not revolving your game plan around him, that's on Andy Reid. But um, I, I, I've seen, I'm not trying to take away from what Alex Smith has done this year. He has had some very good games this year and I've seen some great throws. I mean, for the love of God, I saw Tyreek Hill almost get overthrown. I didn't even know that's yeah. possible. I, but we saw Alex Smith hit Tyreek Hill in stride, you know, but in this last game, this, yeah. right. But even even this last game, you know, the ones that Kelsey did catch, he had to really climb a ladder for. And I, I mean, think actually that was on purpose. Were super high. I, I think that's on purpose, though, because quite a few of the ones that he had to climb the ladder, he had somebody in front of us that in front of him that was playing zone coverage. And but there's a few of those that he overthrew him. Yeah, I just think, saying... I just think it was an off day. I'm not saying that. He is a, you know, back to old ways or anything like that. But I am saying that where he is the same Alex Smith is his inconsistency. And that is what scares me. Every week, I don't know what offense or what defense I'm going to get. Until I can be comfortable and, you know, go into a playoff game feeling very confident knowing that my team's going to come out and perform like they have all season unlike this inconsistency where we've seen at least three games where Alex Smith and the offense is just a no-show. And so that's why I don't believe that Alex Smith is going to bring the Chiefs to Super Bowl. Do I think that he can? Yes. It's I don't know because of the inconsistency. Yeah, and I understand that. Um, But my also thing is when it comes to playoff time, that dude is generally off – off his rocker and he is just going balls to the wall. I mean, it was not his fault that we lost to the Steelers. I mean, he was making the passes. We had a lot of big drops. And yeah, but he also had a lot of big misses too. He wasn't the center point 
there there was enough blame to go around in that playoff game. Yeah. On on the offensive side. Um you know, it, it's Smith missed a lot of wide open throws that could have been touchdowns, but his receivers, like you said, also dropped plenty of balls. And while Andy Reid had his probably most aggressive play, you know, playbook for the year in that game, he completely went away from the run. And which and, he's done consistently this year. And, and every I time don't he does like it, it, we do terrible. I I don't understand. Like we keep getting stuffed in the first quarter, so he goes away from it. My thing is, is no. That's when you need to start pounding it more. You start making people tired. You start making them hurt. Wear them down, and one of those is going to bust through. Right. You know, it's it's like the Eagles game. We saw it happening for the first three quarters. We were going into the fourth quarter. I think there was ten minutes left, and Kareem Hunt had maybe like nine or ten carries. And then they started pounding it, and what do you know? He broke one loose. But until then... Until that last ten minutes, it was basically like a six to three game or something like that. Yeah, you know, so that it there's a lot of different things, and it's not on, you know, fully Alex Smith. There's games, you know, we had Demetrius Harris dropping literally everything uh, that was thrown his way this last week. Oh, um, that was so frustrating. So right, frustrating. you know, you would think that you would at see... least two first downs, at right. least two first downs. Well, and he had that one that would would have been a touchdown. Yeah, he was falling right over the goal line, drops it. Like these I, weren't I'm even still like he was waiting getting hit. to. These weren't even getting hit. Like he just dropped these. Right. I'm waiting to see an injury report for Demetrius Harris's hands because that that man cannot catch a ball apparently, and we've seen it. Well, he is on the injury report with the shoulder, but <laughs> right, something. I don't know what it is, but that that man, he, well, he can make the most ridiculous catch and then drop a wide open one. He's got Bo syndrome. Exactly. That I, I've been I have been praising that for about a year now. He is the tight end version of Dwayne Bow. Makes a stupid catch that you're like, there's no way he should have caught that, and then a simple first down, five yard pass, he cannot catch it. Very next play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, all right, well, we got to wrap it up. So I want to thank you for coming on. And, uh, you know, I know we talked about really focusing on the linebackers, but we got to talk a little bit about, you know, most of the team. So I feel like it's a pretty good thing. So, but really quick before you go, how do you think this Cowboys is going to go? Um, I think it's going to be a big hurt that they don't have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I know we discussed McFadden um, being a very capable running back. Uh, I don't think that Dallas is anywhere near the defenses that we've been playing pretty much against day in and day out um, this entire season. Uh, that's one thing that people, I just, I think they don't get is that we've also been, uh, the beginning of our schedule is the toughest part of our schedule. We've had just to face top defenses almost every week so far. And top offenses. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been playing some really, really good teams so far. Um, Offensive-wise, I think they're going to be just a little bit lacking, but I really don't think their defense can stick with our offense. Um, I think they're going to try and run it down our throats, and I think if Bob Sutton hasn't prepared for that, 
it could be a long day. Um, I'm really happy that Steve Nelson is back because that makes me feel nice and cozy. Just like when you get that warm blanket in the hospital, you just feel nice. Uh, <laughs> but I swear nice to God, to if have... I see Kenneth Acker in there over Terrence Mitchell, I'm going to throw something. I didn't understand that either, but he didn't play bad. Uh, I, I I get that Terrence Mitchell has given up a lot of yards this year, but, but you know we've talked to them. plenty of times. He's targeted like crazy. He's the most targeted corner in the league, and he plays like Peters, that aggressive, physical attack the ball. He's going to give up some. Yeah, and I've never – you know, you and I have been trying to – save him against the people that listen to us and that we ask questions on Twitter, but I feel like he's done a damn good job. If you ask me, um, I think maybe they were just trying something out. I wonder if something happened during practice where he may have said some dumb stuff and this may have been their little punishment, but um, I just think that he's our best option as the other outside corner. And, in the we three, like the yeah. nickel set. And... Because Steven we, Nelson is definitely number two. I, see, I'm not sure if he could play the outside corner. It's it's a whole different person to be playing that inside and outside corner because... I want to keep Nelson as that number two. I, I can't. I don't think he's physical enough to play that outside. I think he's quick enough to play the inside, and that's why he does so well, is that he can really move his hips well. He can really make that adjustment real fast. But I'm not sure that he has the top-end speed to really stick with some people on the outside. Well, but see, uh, that's the problem with Terrence Mitchell. He doesn't have – like, they, they, they usually put their speedy guy against uh, Terrence Mitchell. And that's why I thought this was a really good game for Terrence Mitchell because he'd be going up against the Demarius Thomas, which plays the exact same type of football that Mitchell and Peters do. Um, but I, I agree with keeping Nelson as number two. I think Mitchell should definitely be your number three. But, um, yeah, that's one thing that I will be very pissed off about. But I'm not nervous uh, as much as, you know, some of – my tweets may think, or, you know, my articles may make it look, um, you know, like you I'm said, not we have a... it's just nice that we don't have to face Zeke. <laughs> right. It, it is nice. Um, but after the bye week we, we have an easier, easier schedule, especially for our division. You know, the Broncos have to go play the Eagles and Patriots. Now Raiders still have a hard schedule coming up and I know, I am very confident the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. My question is, what seed are they going to get in the playoffs? Because the Steelers also have a very easy schedule coming up. Probably the easiest in the league, especially now that Deshaun Watson is gone. And five of those eight games are at home. And the Steelers are the ones that struggle on the road. And, and the thing is, is they have the tiebreaker against us. So it's... Mm-hmm. If they come down, if we come down to the same record, then they have it, and that's that's, that's my only worry is the seeding because the Patriots are probably gonna keep getting better, and so we need one of those teams to I don't, have a worse record. 
I don't think the Patriots are getting better. I think they just realized what they have to do, and they have to. I think their defense people. looked a little bit better last year. They did not allow nearly as much. Well, and that's what I mean. It's like I think the Patriots are finally realizing what they have to do, and that's they just have to outscore everybody. They can't. They're not going to win close games because their defense isn't going to stop people, and which is why they're letting Tom Brady just absolutely throw the ball everywhere. Um, Fully they, chain the man. Yeah, they they fully have realized we have to outscore people hands down. And maybe our defense gets us one or two stops, but they're not going to get consistent stops, and they're generally not going to hold people under 20 points. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, like, like I said a little bit earlier with – my prediction for this Chiefs-Dallas game, I think the Chiefs can definitely win this game. I think that McFadden will have a good day. I think that, um, you know, I really the only thing that bugs me about Dallas's defense is their pass rush. They do have a pretty good pass rush, but a lot of people are thinking of last year's Dallas team. And they lost, I think, something like eight starters on defense. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that worried about their defense offense and okay. Tardif has been playing full has been practicing so full practice yeah. so mm-hmm. it's looking like we're gonna have maybe our actual offensive line again and well, when we had that never see oh. anger apparently and you know I'm not really that disappointed about it I I liked his skills last year but the thing is he's coming off ACL surgery why rush him back if you don't need to you know I just wish they'd tell us what they're doing. Right. But they won't, <laughs> because that's the type of organization they are, and that's fine. I mean, It's been a very confusing you, one this year. Yeah, it is. It's, it has been confusing. But, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, hopefully we can get you on again next week, but uh, definitely – gave you guys enough to listen to through the weekend uh we're running at about 51 minutes at this point so um thanks for coming on man and i'll talk to you next time yep have a good one